The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms, we're talking dairy, we're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable, and what does it mean when they're using pesticides, and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. I'm on with chips and we ride up. Dish for the second hour on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. And I'm Stephanie Hansen. You are. You're Hansen today. I am. Just Chanson. Just Chanson and Smarchy over here for you. Um, so I, I, I didn't give the weather report, you guys. I feel like on the top of the hour, I usually give a good weather report. I'm telling you right now, apparently we're going to get some snow. Yes. And I feel like you should be thinking about brazing. That's all I'm going to say. All Yum. right. We're going to do top two in hour two. Give him the old one two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents Top 2, Top 2 The Top 2 Pick your best two In our two Alright, give me two, William Alright, this is the time of the show that we talk about two things that we are loving or mildly obsessed with, as I like to say, this week Uh, Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I will go first Okay I have a friend who lives in Walla Walla, Washington Walla Walla, Washington And he's a professor And every year for Christmas, he sends us this round tin of cheese. Government cheese? It sort of looks like government cheese, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's called Cougar Gold. And it's made from Washington State University, at Washington State University. And it's an award-winning cheese. And every year the cheese comes, Ellie, Kurt, and I are like, oh, the cheese. The cheese is here. And you open up, it's this big wheel inside this metal tin, and it's a very aged white cheddar that's crumbly, like a Parmesan kind of. It's super nutty. It's super delicious. And I was just thinking about this cheese because I just made beer cheese soup and I used some of this cheese in the soup. Uh-huh. So I'm going to put a link up. You can order it online. It is very delicious. It's $25 for a 30 ounce tin. And it's just super good. Cougar Gold Cheese from Washington State. I feel like they might have just written this up in Bon Appetit or something online. I like, don't know. Is it a blue and yellow tin? Like it's a blue and white stripey thing? Yes. Yeah. They yes. just they just it's did a blog called In Defense of Canned Cheese. Oh, And yeah. I think that was it. This Cougar Gold is amazing. And the funny thing is, I mean, my God, if Jake goes to college out there, he could become a cheesemaker. Who knew? Oh, I would love that. I already told him that he has to go and... I wanted Ellie to buy a goat farm and be a goat cheesemaker. Yeah, come on. Let's do it. Why? If our kids aren't going to like, you know, Maybe evolve into making it. us food. We can have a little commune. You, we can live on the side. We have to live in side. different parts of the commune. Yeah, you would live in your house and I live in mine. But My we yurt, have a shared, your yurt. Yeah. A shared area. We could do Stephanie that. Meyer could come. Yeah. 
Well, Stephanie speaking Shimko of Stephanie Meyer, that's one of my top twos. So, oh, I know. So she has a class tomorrow, you guys. Um, it's called she's doing a little cooking with Stephanie. I know we talk about, um, you know, Project Vibrancy. She's been on the show. She's got a little cook along with Stephanie tomorrow, Sunday, uh, January 24th. And it's going to be about a, an hour and a half long. And they are doing a mini batch cooking session. And it's 50 bucks to go to attend. And basically, she's like, you're, they're going to walk through. You'll prepare enough food for three meals during the week. She's going to repair one, one protein, sorry, two condiments a starch and chop some vegetables right and so i you can still sign up um i i think you can still get the shopping list and instructions for creating three fast healthy and very flavorful meals from what you batch cook so i think it's great it's gonna be on at one o'clock tomorrow if you can still sign up and oh she's already got it listed so seasoned ground pork and uh pork meatballs tomato sauce cucumber yogurt sauce boiled potatoes sliced cumber cucumbers and sliced radishes that's what you're making Okay, yum. So there it is. So I'm gonna we're gonna put the link up on the Facebook page. You guys can still sign up if you want to learn how to cook with Smire, uh, which is always fun, right? Okay, my next one is the return of a cocktail class featuring Crooked Water Spirits. Oh yeah, um, it's gonna be happening at Layla. It is a class that will begin at seven, and guests are encouraged to arrive a few minutes ahead. It is um, going to be, like I said, at Layla. So it's, it's a, a Layla event. Who's is it? The Layla bartenders are t- teaching it, or yep, okay. it's a winter cocktail. So okay. you'll leave with the skills and recipes for your next get together. Okay, you'll get recipe cards. You'll get to taste the drinks that are made. You'll get a demonstration and administ- and admission to the class. We are actually going to have uh, Heather Manley from. Uh, Crooked Water Spirits on within the next couple weeks. Great. Because she's got some new stuff coming. So uh, she and I talked about having her come on and talk about things. So I'm excited about that. All right. So my second one is actually going to be uh, The Good Grocer. Return of The Good Grocer. Return of The Good Grocer. And I really want to make sure that you guys understand what this place is, because I think it's something that we can support. And I kind of feel really good about it. Um, what it is, is so Good Grocer opened, um, it was next to 35W and Lake Street, um, and a couple years ago, and they had to close because of the expansion of the highway. Well, they've relocated five blocks north on each street. So they're right off of Nicollet and like 27th. They're Kitty Corner, you know, from, um, Ichido Ramen, I think. So, Mm -hmm. um, so the thing about Good Grocer is it's a grocery store that is, their mission is to put out really good, healthy food, good products, fresh produce, fresh food at a very affordable price. Very accessible, very affordable. And so what they want is, so when you go in, you're going to see that the prices are way low. And the reason that is, is because the store is completely run by volunteers. So they've eliminated labor cost as an operational feature, which then allows them to price everything at dirt cheap prices. So, what that means is that there's two aspects to this. One, the, the one thing is that if you want to volunteer, all you have to do is you go and you sign up to volunteer for two and a half hours a month. That's it. You sign up for two and a half hours a month and you get to then have 20% off those low prices. So you're already doing good by helping other people's keep the product or keep the prices low, but then you also get a discount. Sure. And then the other side of it is if you just shop there, if you just go and shop there, basically you're fueling all the money. It's a nonprofit. So all the money that you're spending there goes back into making things more affordable for people. I love it. And it fuels something in the front called a food outlet. 
And the food outlet is a place where everything is even more affordable than this. It is very, it's not a food shelf, but it's as close as you can get. You know, it's like 75% off of the cost of things. And it's for people who are insecure and maybe feeling, you know, some food insecurity. And, and they can apply to get a membership to this outlet. So it's great. But every dollar you spend there is going to help keep fresh food affordable and in the community. So that's what I want to say is when people, you know, sometimes people think, well, I shouldn't go because I want to leave stuff on the shelf for so-and-so. I don't want to take this bar of granola bars if somebody else needs it more at this price. So you can be... A bona fide cheapskate with happiness, knowing that yes. you're supporting other people's ability to get yes, access to food. Exactly. I love it. Yes. You can go ahead and get all these great prices and do good by doing it because they need to keep product moving and they need to keep the story moving. So, I'm going to totally check that out. Yeah, it's good grocer, and you can check out, like I said, you can volunteer and get even more cheap, you know, and get even more affordable food. That I mean, they have organic stuff there that is, like, if you compare shop, it's insane how much more affordable it is and how great that is. That And they need to move fresh produce. Remember right, that. Right, right. So, like, like that's the thing is, like, people are like, well, I don't want to take this. And you're like, but it has to go, and they can get more. Yep. So, like, let's keep this doing This would be that. good, too, for my college-age students. This who is marvelous. Is moving off of the parents' dole. Yes. <laughs> also, and needing to. And all of a sudden, she's like, Mom. Do you know how much cherry tomatoes cost? I'm like, yes, yes I, I do. I know how much all the food costs that I've been buying for you for years. Yes. And also what I love about this, too, is that he, you know, Kurt Vickman, who is the owner, he talked about or the, you know, the kind of the lead on the project. He talked about how there's sometimes you'll be shopping and there'll be things that say buy one, give one. And so if you purchase like this can of coffee, a free can of coffee goes right into the food outlet or something like that. So yeah. there's that impact. And then the other thing is he said he's stocking things that he has vetted. They as an organization have vetted their good imprint in the world. And I think about Ellie and college students who have this yeah. very big need to like, you know, think about the carbon footprint and you know what I mean? Like they're very climate change focused. And he said that he has been sourcing these things that are vetted, that they are companies that are affecting good throughout the world. I think, too, there's this theory that you can't get good food inexpensively. Right. And that's what he's trying to find. You really can. Yeah. And it's like if you and if there's a way to do this, if there's a way to make that happen and give back to your own community. Yeah. Shopping local, you guys. I know. Makes a huge difference. Yes. And and even if you're not buying local product at this one, even if you're buying like a Welch's grape juice, you know, snacks. But the thing is, what you're impacting in this community is a local force. So in that case, that's how that goes. All right. Those are our tops. There we go. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. We're going to come back. I got a fail. I have a cooking fail I'm going to share with you when we come back. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen from Weekly Dish, and I just moved from St. Paul to a single-family home in Golden Valley. And I've bought and sold three homes in the last five years, so you'd think I'd be an expert, but I'm not. The real experts are Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee from Lakes Area Realty at CarrieAndSue.com. They will help you find the home that's right for you. When I bought my home, it was very stressful. We wrote three purchase agreements and I dumped one home after inspection because it just wasn't right for me. When it was time for the final walkthrough in Golden Valley on the house that we did buy, there was a small issue that came up and I remember Sue telling me, don't worry, I won't let you buy this house if we can't get this resolved. 
and I believed her, and the transaction got completed on time with the final adjustments we needed. Sue had so much experience and is really respected in her field. And when you're making such a huge purchase, you want to work with experienced agents. Carrie is super responsive. I never felt like I had to wait for her to get back to me. They're a small but mighty team, and we drove all over the Twin Cities looking for my perfect home. Carrie was so great. She showed me three homes one afternoon, and I didn't even have an appointment scheduled. Another time, she called agents that worked a particular neighborhood I was interested in to see if any houses were coming on the market soon. So if you're selling your home or want to downsize, call Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee at Lakes Area Realty. That's C-A-R-R-I-E at CarrieAndSue.com. All right. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. So I have a couple, I have a win and I have a loss. I, as starting out the new year, you know how I always have my food goals. Yep. One of my food goals was to make sourdough bread. And I have made three loaves now. Mm -hmm. I got a starter and I'm feeding my starter and I'm very inspired by Elizabeth Reese and Bradley Trainer. Is it annoying to have to feed your starter? It's not annoying. It's very um, therapeutic, actually. Okay. Okay. The whole bread thing is becoming sort of therapeutic. I like it. And the reason it works is because we're at home. Yeah. So you are feeding your bread every day. Then you're making a loaf pretty much every day or every other day. So this is why this works for all of us in this pandemic environment, because we're home to the recipe that I have on my website. Like you have to touch the bread like five separate times throughout the day before you actually bake it. Yeah. So I did a big uh, sourdough baking segment with uh, Jason show and I put that on our website so you can watch it. But I make, I got the starter. You can buy starter. You know, we have great heritage milled flowers in town with Bakersfield, mm-hmm. also Sunrise um, mill. Flour Mill. And you can make the spread. You need a certain a kind of utensils, right? You need what's called a batten. So it's a wood basket and it has a linen liner and you flour the liner and you put the bread in there for the final rise so that it gets the shape of either the round boule or the oval loaf. So I'm getting all my ingredients. This is my third bread. So I've made two. The first one was excellent. The second one tasted good, but it didn't rise enough because I was rushing it because I had a dinner party mm-hmm. for my friend Sarah and Bill. But it still tasted good. And then this was like my third attempt. So we went to Dolores's uh, for dinner, came home. I put it in the oven and I'm like 40 minutes. It's 450 degree oven. It's super hot. And I put my water in my pan to give it the steam to help it rise. And as it's cooking, I'm like smelling burning. And I keep looking at it and thinking, why? It doesn't look like it's burning. At some point, I realized that I have cooked the bread in the batten with the linen in the basket. You stuck the basket in? I did. The oven. I did. Oh, my God. I didn't, like, turn it out. And no, huh? I just, just wasn't st- thinking, <laughs> and I put the entire basket in the oven, which is now burning. Of course. It's black. Yeah. But it, it's, like, getting browner and browner, but I'm, as I'm, look, I'm looking at it in the oven. I take a picture of it in the oven. I said to Kurt, do you smell anything? And it smells like burning shirts. And you're still, and at that point, you still nope. hadn't realized nope. it was the basket. Nope. Wow. And then I all of a sudden, like, looked at it, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're so stupid!" Ugh. I pull it out. I pull. So this is my loaf for TV, right? My big show loaf, oh, and I really? don't have time to make another one. Yeah. So I'm trying to like get the loaf off of the linen. It's tore the whole bottom off. Basically, I had to get. I have to get a whole new basket. Yeah. It was just, it was such a fail. And I thought, this is such a fail. I have to share this on TV because this is what 
Well, it's the reality. You have baking fails. Although I don't know any other people who have put their oh, basket in I the did. oven. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, and the funny thing was, is I posted it online and like, see if you can spot the fail. Very few people actually got it. Right. They were looking at the picture of the basket in the oven, but very few people. Elizabeth Reese figured it out. Well, I was going to say most people don't have, you know what I mean? I yes. mean, the majority of people aren't baking to that level, I don't think. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you can bake it without the without the basket. Like, you can make sourdough without yes, the basket. Yes, you can. And actually, the producer on the Jason show told me that he makes his in a cast iron Dutch oven. Yeah. That's, so, I've, I've made all of my breads in my oven. Okay, my so I oven. might try that because I obviously have to buy a new bowl or a new ban- Banton. Banton? Is it B-A-N-N-T-O-N? I have to buy a new one because it's obviously burned. So I might try the Dutch oven. But, yeah, it's So that easier. was a fail. And then I had to go on TV and like show John Krause's beautiful loaves. And well, yeah. the honey and rye sells the starter. These are professional bakers. Yeah, and Bakersfield. Yeah. So it was just kind of a funny segment. That's good. Okay. The second thing I did, though, yeah. which was not a fail. Okay. I which perfected what- the beer cheese soup recipe. I mean. And I looked at like seven different recipes and I analyzed like, why does this one start with cooking sausage? Like, Ooh. I really wanted a beer cheese soup <laughs> that was just the beer cheese and the soup. I didn't want to have meat in it. Right. I wanted it to feel traditional, like with the popcorn. You on wanted top. it to have a memory. You were looking for the taste memory. Yeah. And I looked at all these recipes, and a lot of them had, like, of course, flour is a, where you make a roux. Others had cornstarch. Others had baking soda, which I thought was interesting. Yes. And so I really looked at different kinds of beer, and I got it all down. I made my recipe fantastic. So, what's the key? I think the key is a little bit of cornstarch yeah. and a lot of flour. So what and is it's cooking the flour off? So let's break this down because what it, you're putting in like four tablespoons of butter, carrots, celery, leeks. Okay, so you're doing sort of mush, a little mush, 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 getting that all down. Yep. Right. Then you take a half a cup of flour, so it's a lot. Yeah. And you sprinkle that over your veg, mm-hmm. and you cook Make that your so that it's making your roux. And then you and you have your cornstarch mixed in with your flour. And okay. I only used a tablespoon of cornstarch. Okay. So then you get this sort of like it almost feels doughy kind of. Yeah, it's I the love vegetables those. Love and that. it's all mixed in. That's where I make my chicken pot pie stuff. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah. you throw in your beer. Yep. I actually used Summit Winter Ale, okay. which I thought was fantastic. It gave it a good color. Another trick that I have, and I don't think I put this in my recipe, but I need to. I used a half a teaspoon of turmeric. Oh, because I wanted to get that kind of orange color. Oh, yeah. Okay. And turmeric doesn't have a huge flavor necessarily, but it's very anti-inflammatory. It gives things a nice color. And paprika I used to, and okay. that is in the recipe. So uh got so the, that all going. The beer bubbled now I put up, my beer, my beer bubbled thick. up, and it deglazed my pan. The yep. beer did. Mm-hmm. Now I start with the half and half and the um, chicken broth. Okay. Now, I didn't have half and half. I used whole cream. I always use whole cream. I so, never use half and half. And I just, I thinned it with a little bit of water, yeah. but half and half is what the recipe calls for. So then I have eight cups of cheese and I use so some the, of that Cougar Gold. I use so white cheddar, some Colby Jack because I got, get these cheese boxes at Christmas and I have all this cheese that I don't eat. Crazy. So I every German drab I had, and you did not buy shredded cheese. No, you, I did not. You shredded I shredded your it own. because okay, that's again, key. you can't use the shredded pre-shredded because it has. I mean, you can. It's just harder. Shards. Yeah, it's harder. But I like got it all, and I'm throwing my handfuls of cheese in there and my bay leaf, and 
And it's holding and it's not breaking. And Wait, it's so did serpent- you just, this is important for me. Did you just use, you used white cheddar and you used Colby Jack. And then did you put a couple other cheeses white in White cheddar. So white cheddar and Colby Jack. Yes. Two types of white cheddar. Different two, kinds. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Um, and that was what I used. Okay. And then I started the process of throwing the handfuls of cheese in. You take it off the oven. You turn it off the heat to mix the cheese in. And then Kurt wasn't coming home for another hour and I was starving. So I ate mine and I thought, (laughs) well, this will be the real test because I'll turn the oven off or the stove off and I'll just leave it on the in the pot for when he comes home. He came home, turned it on, heated it up. It didn't break. So it, it didn't, didn't get break. oily. It didn't get oily. No, I think with white fantastic. cheddar, you have less of a chance of getting oily because with yellow cheddars, it's like that annatto, you know, mix that kind of, I for me, always feels like that's what does I it. I had two cups of Colby Jack to four cups of white cheddar, two different kinds. Okay. So it's eight cups of cheese. So, Actually, no, I had six cups of white cheddar. Did you feel that it was the consistency was, yes. was what you wanted it? Okay, we're wrapping up, but we're going to talk about this. Yep. At the end of the show, if we need to. And I post the recipe. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, I wanted to tell you that this is January and January for me is dry for you, I guess is hot toddy for me. So I wanted to welcome Mr. Dan Oski to the show. Are you there, Dan? I am here. Good Hello. morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Super good. January. I mean, are you, uh, so of course, Dan Oski is the owner of Tattersall Distilling, um, and longtime bartending veteran of all things. And you guys are on the kind of the cutting edge of the whiskey situation that's happening in town. You guys have just launched bonded bourbon, and I have been using it in all my hot toddies. So, oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? I know. Will you tell us a little bit about what bonded bourbon is, since you're the expert? Yeah, bonded bourbon is bourbon that is made in a single um, distilling season. So you can basically make it. Um, it has to be made within six months, and. Um, so it all, uh, it has to be 100 proof, so it's strong and delicious, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's basically just a way for the government to say that this is made here, um, they didn't source the booze, it's not blended, um, it was just kind of a control factor for the government long ago. You guys so, are the, you guys have, are, have made the first bonded bourbon in Minnesota now since Prohibition, is that right? That's what this is? That's. That's correct. In fact, I mean, I don't even know one that was made here before Prohibition. Right. We just couldn't verify that. So we just said the first one since Prohibition. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Pick a date and go, right? Right. So then you also did a rye. Do You did a rye with it as well, right? Well, so we did a weeded bourbon. That's it. And then a a high rye bourbon. Okay. And so bourbon basically is 51% corn and then... Um, a lot of times, you know, there's going to be wheat, there might be, I mean, you could put really any grain in there. It just has to be 51% corn. Um, ours are basically 51% corn. Then you've got 35% either wheat or the high rye. And that's what's different between the two. Um, I think they're really fun to drink side by side. I don't know if you've got a chance to do that, but, um, the, uh, 
the rye definitely has like a really nice kind of spice thing going on where the wheat is a lot more mellow, a lot more tame, and it has a nice sweetness to it. Is there, do you think that we are now finally, I mean, I know this is sort of a loaded question maybe, but like, I sort of feel like we are finally in a space in Minnesota where these bourbons that you guys are all releasing are really, really like richly flavored and more, I don't know, they're more true to what I think about as a whiskey goes and less of those freshy, weird, you know, flavors that come from young bourbons, I guess. I don't know. Is that, yeah. do you think that that's right? Or am I just sort of imagining? No, I think you're right on the money. It it just, it takes time, you know? And so now all of the distillers that have been making bourbon in Minnesota, it's it's finally kind of like coming to age. It's mature enough to drink. You know, if you have a, a young whiskey, it's going to be really kind of grainy in the middle, um, on the middle palate. Like now you kind of get that full-bodied, very rich bourbons coming out because they've been sitting in barrels for, you know, four or six years. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just taking time. Dan, how are things at Tattersall going generally? How are you managing through COVID? Well, things are good. I mean, we've been doing, uh, like, the takeout um, curbside cocktails. Uh, we've been selling our uh, our tonic, like, in syrup form, which is really actually delicious. Um, yeah, I mean, things are actually pretty good. We're, we're doing, uh, innovating a ton of things for the future. So Yeah. Is yeah. the cocktail room open? No, no, no. Okay. And yeah, we, that... um, I mean, at 50% capacity, it, it doesn't really work. And things are actually moving around in there right now. Um, I mean, if you walked in the cocktail room today, you'd see that it's just filled with barrels, actually. Okay. So <laughs> It's become yeah. actual production Storage. space. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're using the space right now. So. And that's yeah. good because it means that you guys have at least, you know, you're moving, your business is still flowing. So that's nice. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we'll open the cocktail room, will be like when patio season makes sense. So, got it. I think so. Um, so let's talk since it's not patio season, other than hot toddy patio season <laughs> right now. Tell me a little bit about. So, if you're going to make a hot toddy, yeah, what is it? So, I mean, like, I don't actually know. A hot toddy to me is a warm. Personally, I think it's a warm whiskey drink, you know, sort of like a heated up, you know, water with whiskey, lemon. The classic is like lemon and. Honey, right? Um, but then, like, yep, Dan, right. you have bartending experience up the wazoo, as we like to say. What is your idea of how do you make the perfect hot toddy? Well, we play around a lot. Lately, I've been making, like, you could call it a hot toddy. It's nowhere near a hot toddy. But <laughs> um, we got uh, an instant foamer, or is that an instant pot? The instant, uh, pot? instant pot, yeah. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, we know oh, what we you're know. talking about. <laughs> That thing is amazing. What are you so, making in uh, that? Oh, so the we because we've been sitting outside and having drinks with our neighbors a lot around like the fire pit, which yeah. is obviously a ton of fun. So, um, I've been taking uh, rum and our pomo, so like um, just a little bit. Um, our pomo is a, an apple liqueur, apple. okay, and yeah. then a little bit of either maple syrup or honey. And then what I do is I throw almond milk in the uh the instant pot whip that up blend in a little bit of uh pour that into the hot toddy and then just top it with some cinnamon it's like really ridiculously good that was kind of one of those things like oh let's make a, a warm drink and make you know you kind of just have the ingredients you have around the house on a snowy day right um and then we got addicted to them but Whew. normally the way i would make a hot toddy is i mean i always play around and, and sub everything out so like instead of water you can use you know, hot tea, um, 
which I, I really like doing that. Is that a hot um, TD? A hot TD. <laughs> hot tea. Like, yeah, like, like chamomile tea is really nice. Um, I always like to fold in a, uh, like a liqueur on top of, you know, if it's whiskey, maybe like a, a cherry liqueur or Benedictine or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, the honey or maple syrup, I think those both kind of can sub out for each other depending on what you're, uh, what you're going for. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's have fun with it. Do you, um, do you ever do like, have you ever done, I, I have to tell you that Ms. Relena, you know, down at uh, Whiskey Inferno and everything else and Volsets, oh, she has made these hot infusions and she surprised me with a vodka hot toddy. Have you ever thought about that? Like doing that? I haven't. I haven't, but Relena's a genius. She's so, a genius. Yeah. But this is, have, yeah. That's the thing is like I don't I think we think of whiskeys and like you know like like your like apple liqueurs and these sort of you know more rounder richer spirits as being this sort right. of hot thing and I swear to God she's like why not have a gin hot toddy why not have a vodka hot toddy and I was like because I don't know that sounds gross <laughs> but she yeah. infused it with like these berries and with like citrus and it it was right on it felt like it was like tea. But it had, you know, kind yeah, of a different kind of like a warm uh, sangria. What are those called? The warm wines, mulled wines. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, so I yeah. thought you guys should do that too. <laughs> Done. 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 I'll start. I'll start playing around today. I know, Dan. Both I feel like you, you. I feel like you need to know that we are the instant pot queens of Minnesota. We oh, have, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. We actually... We have a, a Facebook group called the Weekly Dish Instant Potters that has over 10,000 like-minded Instant Pot friends. They share recipes. You could put your I hot you toddy recipe on put there. Put your hot toddy recipe in there. This is no yeah. joke. No, that's, that's great. It's so... It's... Uh... It's a Facebook thing. It's a Facebook saying? group. It the is. Weekly Dish Instant Potters. It's going to blow your mind. 10,000 people hanging out. So now I have to, I have to join Facebook for the first time in my life. Oh, <laughs> Never well, Facebook. <laughs> that might be a stretch. <laughs> I feel like I missed that boat. You might have missed that just, boat, my friend. But I'll just text you the recipe. You just text it Do, to me. And I'll post it for yeah, you. Yeah, and we'll put it on there. And, and we'll, then I'll tag it on Facebook and tag Tattersall's on Facebook. Sure. Yeah, well, I love it. See, we can do that. Tell us a little bit about what's coming next for Tattersall. What do you? What else you guys got coming up? Well, we we did those little hundred milliliter. Um, we call them cocktail singles because they're you know kind of they're bigger than an airplane bottle. It's like a full on drink. Yeah. Um, so we've got a couple more flavors coming out on that, um, which is really fun. So um, otherwise, uh, we've got uh, a port wine uh barrel aged uh rye coming out this year Ooh. i could tell you when because i don't know when we were like we just we keep uh you know that one's sitting at about four years now too which is really fun wow and it's delicious um but we haven't really decided when to, to launch it so i mean discussions have been like yeah let's do it early in the spring we're like yeah maybe we'll do it later in the fall so yeah um how did you You've got the oh, go well. You've got the bootlegger, and then you had the gray, the grapefruit one, which is called Sundog. Salty dog. Salty, Salty dog. dog. Salty dog. Do you yep. anticipate having another product like that this summer? I do. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you yet. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you a sneak peek just as soon as it's ready. But um, the the recipe is all done. Oh, okay. Because I like those yeah. products a lot. The ready-to-pour, you know, cocktail thing is a very, uh-huh. I think that category, I am very appreciative that it is, that it has bloomed as it has. Yep. And that you guys are kicking yeah. so much butt in that area. 
Now I think it's about, you know, innovating it. Cause there's a lot of like the same stuff out there and I'm not knocking anybody, but it's just like, there's a lot of the same stuff out there. So it's like, okay, you know, you're, you're, um, you really kind of got to be, I think really creative on what you put out there now. And yeah. a lot of it tastes yeah. terrible. So <laughs> if you just keep going with good taste, which Tattersall and you do very well, you'll stand out. Yeah. That's really good advice. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. Always there with the helpful he tips. He just cuts you, right man. to the quick and just <laughs> Well, there's it. so much of it just tastes terrible. I don't care if it's yeah, packaged sure. good. I know. It looks pretty. They yeah. call it skinny what? Yeah, and then you drink it <laughs> and you're like, well, this is gross. <laughs> They should have uh, taken direction from you. Can you just make sure it doesn't suck? Thank yeah. You. It's pretty simple, kids. You know me. <laughs> Always there with the obvious answers, Dan. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there we go. Well, thanks for being here, Dan. And I'm going to tell you're you the that best. you're going to you you need to send us that recipe for the IP cocktail. Because we've already gotten like four emails. So if you right. don't send it to us or text it, we're going to haunt it'll you. It'll just be a pain. <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. All right. I'll send those over soon. Take care. Have a good one. Take care. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly-ish. Thanks for joining us today. It's been a great day. We've had a lot of good, fun information come across. We have. Who Um, knew that Cougar Gold, that I wasn't the only one eating it? So many people are excited about your Cougar Gold and have tweeted back that they have their own. a picture of half a loaf of cheese. Half a tin. And Phil, the unofficial researcher of My Talk 1071, sent a really funny picture that I tweeted out of Steph and I at the State Fair with Bernie in the background. Yep, I do too. On the stage with us, so that's cool. So funny. Um, I'm I'm gonna officially say that I'm over the Bernie memes, though. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I know, I'm still here for it. Everybody's I'm, I'm winning, in. but I'm still there. I'm just sort of now. I'm scrolling past, going actually on the Instagram. I was getting a little tired of it, even though I did it myself. So, <laughs> just telling you, you of course you would expect that of me. Everyone knows. You know, I get, I get, I go fast in and then I'm like, and you I'm done. Are. You are. I get done fast. Um, okay. So if you guys have any questions, by the way, about the beer cheese soup, I did have somebody who tweeted me saying, asking about, you know, um, if you dusted your cheese with flour. No, I did not. Okay. Cause that was a no thing. No cheese dusting. No cheese dusting. No Just cheese made dusting. the roux. No dusty on, cheese, yo. Sprinkled the flour and the cornstarch on top of the vegetables and cooked it a little bit. But that's and, where your flour went. It wasn't yep. in the cheese. Okay. No I cheese didn't think, And that is a typical thing I think people think to put... I don't know why that's like a... Did you see that in other recipes? I saw it in one and I thought it was weird because that's why I don't want to use pre-shredded cheese because it's making each shred have binder on it. I just thought that was a strange... Right. I know. I know there's a lot of ideas um, for what kind of beers you used a winter ale. I used a surly winter ale, but also lagers. Log- I was going to say, if you want something lighter so yep. you don't have to feel, you know, like it's a very heavy beer, but it's got kind of an effervescence. I think a lager is Dakota a really Soul nice is I yeah. like some golden ale, too. Yep. You know, is a little bit good. Dakota Soul is one. I, I've also I'm going to try it next with Summit EPA. Yes. That's kind of my go-to beer of like, that's the one that's in the fridge all the time that just when you need a beer. Saga's always in our fridge too. Really? I'm more of an EPA, but I haven't had it in forever. And then I just grabbed it. I grabbed a Fair State uh, lager that was really good too. It's when you get a good lager, it's like a moment. It is. Because there aren't a ton. Okay. I'm going to ask this. I wonder about this. Well, it doesn't really matter because the beer, the alcohol cooks off. Yep. But I was going to say, I wondered if you use that hyper cold you know, premium lager from Fair State, which is booze-free. I wonder if that, how that would affect the soup, if anything. Because I think you could use a non-alcoholic beer. I think you could if you did. I've done Hairless Dog. I've used in Chile. Yeah. 
And, you but know, because I, mean, I put is, beer and chili. Yeah, but yeah, and beer and chili is sort of, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I there's any it difference. Work. It's just flavor. It's just water and, it's and just hops. Liquid. In the yep. end, it's water and hops, and that's what you're mixing in. That's so. right. That's I don't right. know why you would. Um, all right. So what uh, what do you have for, going on for the rest of the day? Are you like, are you running around? Or are you leaving town? No, I, uh, yeah, we're, we're, um, uh, I didn't I'm mean to s- put you on the spot there. You don't have to tell everybody no, it's okay. what you're yeah, doing. I'm going to see my daughter. So good. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. I'm going to tell her about the good grocer. Good. Do it. Because she's it. always on the hunt for good, cheap groceries. Right. Um, did you hear, by the way, that Suki and Mimi is opening? I did. And now I'll just be honest. I'm at the place where I'm not eating inside yet. So I'm just having extreme sadness. Whenever I see Whenever someone opening or opening. something fun, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm waiting for the vaccine. We tried to get Dolores vaccinated last week. It was a disaster trying to get registered. Yeah, that's what everyone says. The and we'll Tuesday. just try again on Tuesday. It's our yeah. new Tuesday. It's our new Tuesday afternoon plan. My friend Lisa, she and all of her siblings all got on to get their parents done. You yep. know, and we're going to have to do that too. Yeah, I think and it is a lot to expect. You know, an 87 year old person to be acting like it's a Bruce Springsteen concert ticket and refreshing and their browser and yeah, you know, she's doing all right, but. Yeah. It's challenging. Um, but so that is true. A lot of people are just sort of waiting to see. And I mean, but there's other places like, you know, that are like, so you heard about the Josefina, uh, the Belcor News in Wayzata. I did. So Danny Del Prado is opening up. Um, he's taking over the Belcor space with his, uh, you know, his buddy, Steve McMullen. And they are, uh, they're going to open the first, they're going to open the pizza window. So they're going to have the restaurant done, but I think they're just opening the pizza window first so that people can like order and just do takeouts and pull up and that kind of stuff. It'd be great to grab a pizza and head out onto your boat there. Yeah. But I mean, and then opening the rest of it, Josefina will be like the dining room and they're doing Roman. He wants to do some Roman foods. Mm -hmm. Um, just Italian food, but in the Roman tradition. Well, and someone was like, another Italian restaurant. Uh, might I remind you people, there is a lot of Italian food. It is not all just spaghetti, well, okay? And P.S., um, Wyzetta does not have any, so I don't, go ahead and cripe about it if you're flush with it in, in the Mendota city. Heights, yeah. But yeah, we don't have it out there. We don't, we've got like D'Amico, and that's it. Which is all right. No, it's I fine, like it, but that's but... like, I've, I want like a beautifully big, like Roman, you know, like a really good, like deep Italian food. We want a bistecca. We don't have that. A bistecca oh cooked God. in a wood-fired stove. <gasps> that sounds so good. Yeah, in Italy, you go every place you go, you get this giant slab yes. of meat that's been cooked in the pizza oven, and then a Huge hunk of arugula. I used to do those in my pizza oven. Parm and lemon. We had a Tuscan grill and delicious Italian olive oil. Yeah, and you like cook it over the ashes. Yes. Oh, that sounds so good right now. See, I am in a meat place, and this is where I am like absolutely thinking about that. I want steaks. I want steaks. Yeah, Kurt's always in a meat place. I know he is. Which is nice that you don't have to think about it because it odd. Like you have somebody who's. With you in like, oh, yeah, he's like, always. he's like, this is it. So I made a pork loin last night. He was like, wow, when was the last time we had a pork loin? And then we ate it and he was like, this is probably why we don't have pork loin. Cause it's just dry. And you have to do something to it. Was did. it a tenderloin? It was a tenderloin and it was on t- BOGO two for one. And I'd rubbed it with dry spice and yeah. it was good flavor, but it's just like, rah, rah. to me, the thing that you do with the tenderloins is to make them into Wellingtons. Because I think you just, if you put like, Good. I usually do goat cheese and pesto, roll it up in the puff pastry, 
Oh. I mean, I don't do the fancy Wellingtons, but I do this, you oh, know, and that is like, it that. keeps it moist. It keeps it, you know, it gets like a really good flavor. It's very delicious. I made one in an instant, in the instant pot. And I have this recipe on my website with peanut butter. Oh yeah, you shredded. did that. I remember that. That was fantastic. Yeah. And Dolores makes it where she rolls it in sesame seeds and then fries it. So the sesame seeds are brown and then she finishes it with like an Asian plum sauce. Huh. That's pretty good too. That is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, the Great Northern Festival kicks off this week. Yeah, I'm Did interested to see kind of what this looks like. There's some interesting things. Mm-hmm. I was very, you know, Kate Nordstrom is the woman who I remember going to her like Fantastic. her, you know, the the media debut where they like announced yeah. that she was joining and we were all excited and then COVID and then, oh, but Nonetheless, it sounds like it's going to be really thoughtful. I think they're really moving it into some more, uh, I don't know, some really interesting areas, I think. And I think in the end, the goal is to make this Great Northern Festival like a very important winter symposium, you know, along with the fun. Like it's winter carnival and it's the Loppet or the Lopet and it's all this kind of stuff. But basically... um, for food people, the you know, Yia Vang is doing live fire cooking this Wednesday. And I think you can still get, you know, reservations to go pick up takeout from him. And so yep. it's outside and it'll be fun. Um, but they have the Lopit going on. There's a drive-in movie uh, that they're showing, which is a story about the Quebec maple syrup makers. And it's kind of, it looks very interesting. You can also do it online. You can watch it online and then... I probably will watch that. My brother-in-law yeah. lives in Quebec and they live in a maple forest and tap the trees and it's, people have sugar shacks and it's yeah. a real community thing out there. I mean, that's exciting. So there you go, kids. That's there's what the drink we got. passport. Yeah, the drink passport, the crafted thing. That's kind of neat. And there's tons of stuff. So have a good one and go find some winter carnival fun. Go, f- go search for the medallion, I guess. Oh, I forgot about the medallion. That's always... I fun at the uh, Cubby Hansen household. All right, kids, go have your weekend. Yeah, your best have a weekend. great weekend. Get out, get out and about. All right. On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era when the NFL debuts in Germany live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up. Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football. Live from Munich. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network.